Oh, when the saints go marching in, oh, when the saints come marching in, Lord, I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. All right, that's my music for the day, the intro. <laughs> you can tell now why I always try to play an instrument, because I show as hell can't sing. That's all right, though. Have fun with it. How's it going, y'all? Are y'all doing some Aji Kodajis? Are you doing what you're doing with everything you got? Um, good. And if you're not, get with it. If you are, great. Um, I'm probably hear some white noise in the background. That's actually road noise. I'm actually on the highway right now, just talking. And um, honestly, this is kind of what I originally had. You know, originally planned about a year and a half ago when I started this podcast to actually record stuff like this, these little episodes, while I was on the road. Because at the time, I was on the road all the time when I was over in Batesville and Newport. And uh, it was just a lot of time in the vehicle, a lot of time to think and pray. You know, and I miss that. I do miss that. My new parish is amazing. It's fantastic, and it's wonderful being here. But I kind of miss those times on the highway. Right now, when I'm on the road, it's either short trips across town, which are very stressful, or they're really long trips on the highway. Like today, I'm going to Oklahoma City, and it's 5.40 in the morning. Um, Today is the uh, dedication of the shrine of Stanley Rother, my man, Stan the man. I've done a couple episodes on him, so go back and listen to those if if you don't, uh, if you haven't heard him yet or you don't know much about Stanley Rother. But, um, yeah, it's just good. It's a good good early morning. It's still dark outside. It's chilly. It's brisk. I stayed with a priest, with a brother priest in Fort Smith last night, Father Mario. And it was nice to, you know, nice just to catch up with him. Nice to spend an evening with him. Ate some good food. And, um, yeah, as always, like, whenever I have something big coming up, like, I couldn't sleep. That really only started happening about a year ago. Maybe even over the last six months. But um, anyhow, here we are. I'm on the road to Oklahoma City. Going to the dedication of the shrine of Stanley Rother. It's a good time to stop and chill out and to process reality. That's something that's been kind of big on my heart and my mind as of late. Not just stopping, being still. You know, knowing that God is God, chilling out. Like, I'm, I've been aware of that. But something that's been big has been stopping, being still, and processing reality. Processing what's going on. It's one thing just to stop and catch your breath. But if you don't stop and catch your breath and evaluate what's going on and make necessary changes, you're going to keep running the race of life. And so that's kind of what I wanted to just kind of like vamp on a little bit. If you're not familiar with what vamping is, like, it's not vaping, vamping. I'm talking about vamping. Um, can mean, you know, different different meanings. I, I mean this in, like, the musical sense. Vamping is, like, whenever uh, a musician or a band is playing, and then they kind of hit a groove, and they just kind of hold hold something. They're like, okay, let's let's just stay right here for a second. Let's just stay here. So I'm just going to stay right here and kind of talk about these things, you know, kind of flesh them out, talk about it from all different angles. We'll see. 
maybe it's going to be four minutes and I turn it off. Who knows? I follow the Holy Spirit. But yeah, slowing down and processing what's going on. So right now I'm on the road to Oklahoma City. Got all this background noise. Slowing down, being still and processing reality. Um, hard resets. Do you have those in your life? So today, for me, it's kind of one of those days. It's something out of the ordinary. I'm driving across Arkansas and halfway across Arkansas, halfway across Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, to Oklahoma City. Like it's, I don't do this every day. So it's new scenery. It's a change of pace. It's a change of, of everything. And so it's just a way of kind of slowing down and resetting, resetting. Um, do you have those those systems in place that allow you to to do resets? Another thing that allows me to reset, I got there are two two big things in life that give me these resets. One of them is exercise, like working out, and the other one is hunting, or you know shooting my my bows. And um, I could be having a crazy day good day bad day whatever kind of day and whenever I work out after I finished a workout it's like a new start so there's been days whenever I've had like a a terrible start to it like I haven't been productive or haven't been disciplined or structured or things didn't go as planned and I think the day is wasted and so I'll I'll work out to give my mind and body a break But it also helps me to reset and start over. So it's like another morning, another way of kind of getting out of bed again. So for me, like exercise is one of those. And hunting is, you know, and I can do exercise every day. Hunting is something that I can't do every day. Um, And it's a little bit, a little bit more profound of a reset. A little bit more profound of a time to stop and, and think and evaluate what's going on. Um, this all came to light you know back in you know, December and January Christmas and New Year's Epiphany it was just all a blur and uh, there was a, uh, a series like a chain of events that, that unfolded that kind of shocked me like uh, kind of rocked my world a little bit got me going um, kind of opened my eyes to the the chaos of priesthood and, and really in a way the trauma of priesthood, the unpredictability of priesthood. Now, I was aware of all those things, but it hit me in a really hard, new and profound way around Epiphany. I remember that because it kind of started with these Epiphany blessings that we were doing at the school. Myself, along with Father Jaime and Deacon Juan, our, uh, our deacon here at the parish, amazing guy. We were going to all the different classrooms, blessing them, doing the Epiphany blessings. You know, writing the little date on the door and the blessing on the door and then letting all the kids put their initial or draw a cross. It was just really a cute day. It was really a, a special moment being with the kids. And I've talked about the school before, but it's so fun being there. Um, I actually got to have an office over there now. And it's really cool. I can talk about that another time. But uh, just being at the school is amazing. That's that's another a new reset that I have. I can go over there and just see the kids, be with the kids, be with the teachers, and then kind of leave. And after visiting them, and it's just a, 
a beautiful ministry. So anyhow, I was doing the these Epiphany Blessings, and that was all morning. Had the morning Mass. After that, did the Epiphany Blessings. After that, just had a really productive afternoon in the office. I mean, it was crazy because just it was one thing after another, but I got a lot done. And then that led into the evening. We had, you know, evening masses. I had some confessions for whatever reason that night. Um, had some meetings with the leaders of the church, like the different group leaders. And, um, and that was kind of the day. It was just like a full, busy day, super productive. And uh, it was just a good day of ministry. I was exhausted. Exercised, you know, in the afternoon at one point. But just a great, full, productive day. Had its challenges, but I felt like I was, it was just, it was good. Saturday morning, I get a call pretty early from the faith formation director who said that some homeless guy was out there kind of like harassing the confirmation class, kind of, you know, scaring him a little bit. So I, you know, roll out of bed and go over and check it out. And the guy's gone. But so that was the first thing on Saturday morning I woke up to the, you know, couldn't take care of the homeless guy. So, okay. So I go over there and then I get back to the house and I'm there back at the house, no more than 10 minutes. And I get another call from the office that there was a lady over there. Um, long story short, um, this lady had a couple of family members. They were actually two brothers, 17 and 19. And um, the 19-year-old has always wanted a, a gun. And he finally managed to acquire a pistol. He didn't know what to do with it, didn't know anything about guns, but he got him a gun. And the guy he got it from gave him a couple bullets. And he was showing it to his brother and his cousin. And he ends up shooting his brother. Right there killing him in the living room of the house. And the the aunt is just talking to me about it. Like, you know, what do I do? You know, she was wanting some holy water so she could bless the house and, and a rosary. And um, And the Lord just, the Lord put it on my heart. He was very clear. He said, you need to go to that house and bless the house. The lady was concerned about blessing the house. And she kept talking about, you know, how do I clean it all up? How do I clean it up? You know, of course, talking about just the blood and the traumatic reality of somebody getting shot in a house. Like, how do I clean it up? And the Lord was like, get over there. So I said, you know what? I'm going to follow you over to your house and we'll just do this together. So we did. And I go over there and... I'm blessing this house, and it's this a crime scene. You know, of course, we clarified. I called the cops on the way over to say, I'm going over to bless the house, and I'm going to help them clean it up. Do y'all have everything y'all need? And they said, yeah. So I blessed the house, and then I start cleaning up blood. And it was just like, damn, okay. This is, this is ministry. And I'm over there for, I don't know, hour and a half, hour, couple hours I don't remember it just kind of blurred but it was a uh, it was very real it was a very real moment of ministry and then um I come back to the house after that this was a you know across town come back to the house and I pull down the little alleyway where the garage is to the rectory where I park my my vehicle there was some random homeless dude just sitting right in front of our garage doors just kind of like working on his bicycle and I was like hey um 
can I help you? And he was like, nah, just working on my bike. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, could really go in the house at that moment. I mean, I guess I could have, but it just would have been awkward to open the garage door that he was like basically leaning against and <laughs> and say, um, you know, sorry to interrupt your job. You're, you're working on your bicycle, buddy, but can I, can I get into my house? Like, and so anyhow, I just kind of walk through the gate and then walk by the church. And as I'm walking by the church, which is the house is connected to the church, the rectory is connected to the church. As I walk by, I'm, I'm hearing the singing in the church because Father Jaime is doing a quinceanera mass. So it's a mass for like teenage Hispanic girls. Like they're kind of like their rite of passage and really beautiful masses. And I hear the music very lively and upbeat. And then I sit down behind the church on the sidewalk and lean against the church. And it's that's right beside the our parish center, our big gymnasium. And they're having a big retreat that day. And there's a ton of people there just having this amazing experience at the retreat. And I was just like, God, what the hell is going on? What the hell is going on? And that that's like... How do you process that? How do you make sense of those 24 hours? That's the question that I pose to you. How do you make sense of that? Going from blessings in the school with the the fun kids to just taking care of office stuff to your exercise and doing your personal things, then having meetings with leaders in your community, and then getting woken up to homeless people bothering your you know the kids in the religious education class and then going to clean up a crime scene um a murder scene or you know homicide clean blood off the floor not just from anybody but from one brother to another and then uh in the family member's house and then come back to the church and you've got these really exciting things going on like good masses and retreats and then a random homeless person just right outside your door acting like it's his little place how do you make sense of that that hit me that that day it hit me pretty hard that day what the hell is going on like how do you make sense of that and it just got me thinking of like priesthood in general like that is my life And that is the life of every priest. These ups and downs that are not like, oh, today was a bad day, today was a good day. It's like, okay, these five minutes were amazing. The very next five minutes are absolutely terrible. So the emotional roller coaster that most normal human beings will go through over the course of five years, some people over the course of their life, just over their life, they'll have this big slow kind of ebb and flow some people have more traumatic lives but damn like all that in 24 hours and stuff like that happens on a pretty regular basis going to the hospital because one of the older ladies falls down a flight and a half of stairs from her apartment because it's icy and then going to another hospital visit because a kid is sick and then going back to the hospital because, like, a kid is born and the baby's healthy and happy and you know the family. And and then, like, dealing with people's family trauma and problems in their life and trying to help them fix their problems. And then being with 
you know, other families when everything's going well and they just want to share with you how good life is and being in other situations when things go as planned. Like all this changing from one minute to the next, sometimes literally from one literal minute to the next, the highest of highs to the lowest of lows and then back to the highs. And we're expected to be on point. We're expected to be 100% on point. Because if we come and we're tired, then, like, we're expected to, like, or sometimes got to look down on, like, oh, well, Father, how come you can't keep yourself together? Or, Father, why are you cranky today? You should be more kind. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> um, there's also, there are some good people out there, though, that, like, that kind of get it, that understand it. And I'm grateful for those kind of people that... That say, hey, Father, you're a human being too. And I see that. I recognize that. I acknowledge that. And I respect that. So just come and have dinner with us and hang out with us. Or um, just let it go. Don't worry about the stuff this afternoon and I'll do some things to help you. <laughs> but how do you process it? To bring it all back to what I was starting with, these, these moments, these resets... Not just to shut it off and then start over, but to stop and evaluate what's going on, to make sense of it. And even if you can't make sense of the situation, just honestly evaluate what's going on. Did I say evaluate? No, I said it right, evaluate. I said it like I said, uh, evaluate. Okay, whatever, sorry. Um... But yeah, just making sense of this stuff. Jeez Louise. So this trip today to Oklahoma City is going to be a, a good visit. Good visit. Honestly, Satan did not want me to come. Old Red Legs, this whole last week and a half. Um, it's just been crazy the last few weeks. It's been crazy the last year. <laughs> it's been crazy the last year. Because actually it was almost right over one year. It was like January 19th or 20th of last year, whenever the bishop told me he was wanting to move wanting me to move and so this is like this whole whirlwind and I've talked about that before kind of started a year ago um but uh it's just been this whirlwind and I was really excited about today's dedication of the basilica this this shrine of Stanley Rother but this last week and a half I didn't want to come at all I was like honestly I'm tired I just want to stay at home I'd rather do like ministry stuff than go. And I was like, you got to get your ass out of bed, get your ass out of the house, get your ass out of the office, get your ass away from the parish. You've got to go. Satan didn't want me to come. So I'm on the road right now. Unless I get a flat tire, the engine blows up or something, God willing, I'll be there in, in a couple of hours. Um, so, yeah, Satan didn't want me to come because I think he knows a lot of graces are going to come. And Father Stanley has taught me just a lot about just the grind. And I enjoy the grind. I enjoy the grind of life, the challenge, the struggles. It's fun. Um, but it's exhausting. And uh, just, yeah, these slowdowns, these resets. So I got those in my those things in my life. It's just been hard to do them. I've been exercising, which is good. But I haven't had a lot of bigger resets. Just times to really get away from everything and process it and so that that event back in january kind of 
like really opened my eyes to the need to to do that. Another thing I've been doing recently for probably the last week, maybe it's been a week, maybe a little couple more days, a week and a half. I've been doing ice baths. I hate cold weather and I really hate cold water. And I was visiting a couple of friends. I was up in Minnesota working on a project for Lent. Stay tuned for that. That's going to be cool. Liturgy of the Hours project with Word on Fire um, during Lent. Stay tuned. That'll be, that'll be exciting. Um, I was up there working on that project. Had a two-day trip up there. And while I was there, I was sitting in a sauna one evening. And then I got out of the sauna... And there was a ton of snow, like feet and feet of snow, like like I've never seen before. It was really cool. And I went out and laid in the snow, and it was just a really cool moment. I kind of went into shock, which was a little bit scary, because like I laid down, I was so hot from the sun, I laid down in the snow, and the snow started melting like on my, my legs and my arm, like I could feel it melting. But it was so cold, like it melted, and then I felt it freezing. And that kind of scared me. And then I ran inside real quick. And then I just had this crazy rush of endorphins. Like I felt I could have felt like I could have gone outside and pulled up a tree. <laughs> I just it was bizarre. And then that kind of got me thinking of like, oh, I want to feel that again. So I started doing these ice baths, which oh, the first ones were terrible. And it's still very unpleasant when I'm in there initially, but I'm starting to kind of enjoy it which has been really good for my mind, for my mindset, and it's been giving me these resets. So, anyhow, I think I'll wrap her up there. I hope this road noise today wasn't too distracting. You know, if, if y'all listen to this, let me know if the, the highway noise or the road noise was too much. But I was just kind of rambling today as I'm rambling down the highway, rolling down the highway. Um, but, yeah, the question I give to you is, like, how do you make sense of life? How do you make sense of life? We have to, we have to make some sense of it. We, we won't understand it because it's so much bigger than we are. Even our own life. Your own life is bigger than you are. Let that sink in. That's kind of hitting me right now. My own life is bigger than I am. I'll never understand it. That's really cool, actually. That was a pretty big realization. So maybe that was my big takeaway from today. My life is bigger than I'll ever understand. Even my own life. Yours is too. It's bigger than you'll ever know. Bigger than you'll understand. So how do you make some sense of it? How do you make some sense of the craziness of your life? What systems do you have in place to slow down, chill out, evaluate, and process what's going on? Because certainly you've got ups and downs. Your ups and downs are different than my ups and downs. And that's cool. That's good. Because your life is the life that God's given you. And mine is the life that God's given me. And all of our lives cross in one way or another. Whether it be in person, online, through a podcast. um, All of our lives cross. What systems do you have in place to slow down and process and evaluate what's going on in your life and make some sort of sense of it. And if you don't have a system in place, get one. Maybe you go into the bathroom at the end of the day and lock yourself in there away from your your kids and your wife or away from your kids and your husband. 
or away from your parents, whoever you are. Maybe you go in the bathroom and just lock yourself in there. Maybe on your way home from work, instead of driving back the normal way you always drive, you make a longer loop that even may take you away from your home for a few miles. And it makes the drive five minutes longer. Okay, good. Do it. Or maybe you leave a little bit earlier in the morning, which could be harder. Hard for some people, but leave a little bit earlier and take a different route to work. Or whenever you get to work, park in a different place and stay in your car and just reflect. Or take lunch at a different place or, you know, whatever. Think outside the box. Pick up a new hobby or activity. Anything. But have something in place to give you these moments of of reset. It's time to stop and evaluate and process what's going on. So, um, that, yeah, that's kind of it for today. Aji Kodajis, do what you're doing. And um, process the, the madness of your life. Try to make some sense of it. It's crazy. We'll never understand it, but I think we, uh, we can do a better job of, of wrestling with, with the madness and the chaos. All right? So, yeah, that's it. Aji Kodajis. Oh, when the saints come marching in. Oh, when the saints come marching in. Lord, I want to be in that number. Oh, when the saints come marching in. <laughs> All right, bye.